This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Yes, it is the Mess It Up Podcast. I'm the Bowtie Guy. And I'm the Biker Chick. And we are here to help make messes into messages. And we are super glad that you're here to join us on show number 68. I'm fond of the number 68 because I was born... In 68. In 1968, yeah. So it's kind of fun to have this uh, be our 68th show. And our word of the week this week is kind of a fun one. It is palaver. And palaver has a couple of meanings, both of which I really like. Uh, One of them is unnecessarily elaborate or complex procedure. That's as a noun. Also, an improvised conference between two groups. Uh, Typically, those... It says, without a shared language or culture. So I, I love that idea. And I get it, you know, like from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But as a verb, to talk unproductively and at length. And I'm just thinking. That's Paul. I mean, come on. This is just absolutely fantastic. So uh, so I'm going to let you choose the definition you want. Try to use it in a sentence this week and uh, give yourself bonus points as necessary uh, for that. So, uh, anyhow, how you doing this week, Christina? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty all right. I'm fixing to take a trip to go to uh, Portland. The, the day that this airs, um, well, probably when most of you are listening to it, I should be getting ready to get on a plane flying to Portland to go see my good friend, uh, Pastor Dan, and uh, his wife, Faye, and nice. all of the uh, little Paxstones uh, up there in Portland. And uh, then the week after that, I'll be going to Celebrate Recovery Summit. So I got a little bit of a... A lull coming up here in my ministry, taking some time off. Uh, my mom is doing well. Uh, I just talked to the physical therapist today, and mom's able to get up and sit down and, and you know get into chairs and whatnot. So life is getting back to normal for her. So that's great. It's um, it feels like the pause after a deep inhale exhale yeah. kind of thing. I just feel like okay, I'm just kind of ready to chill for a little bit and recharge my batteries. But I'm excited about uh, seeing friends, traveling, going to Summit and all that kind of stuff. I bet. Yeah. Why is life good for you? Uh, getting back to normal. School starts here. Uh, my oldest son turn, turns 22 tomorrow. My youngest son turns five on the August 8th. Wow. So just kind of preparing to have all this fun stuff happen. It's kind of nutty. Uh, I was listening, I was, I was in... Um, California City the other day sitting at the uh, Big Mac Supper Club and there was a, a little gaggle of like high school sounding uh, kids and they were talking about how school keeps starting earlier and earlier like oh I can't believe how early it's starting this year I'm thinking you guys have no idea I mean for me traditionally when I was a kid it was the Tuesday after uh, Labor Day was when school started that that first week of September and now my my niece in Phoenix goes oh, yeah. back like August first or something like that. I was like, wow. But I guess then they're getting out in May. They're in, well, they're in year round school too in in the Valley of Arizona, most of oh. them. So for fall break they get two weeks. For uh, oh, Christmas they okay. get like three. Okay. For spring they get two. So we never did that that year round here in California. And uh, well, in Ridgecrest, um, I always thought it was an interesting idea. I was super glad not to have to be at work during the summer when it was so hot because yeah. most of the classrooms don't have 
refrigerated air, they got swamp coolers, and sometimes it's just, you know, even if it takes 20 degrees off of it, if you're starting at 120, that puts you down to 100, and it's just... See, and that blows my mind, because in Arizona, pretty much everything has air conditioning. There yeah. is... You're poor if you have a swamp cooler. Well... That's that's what boggles my mind because swamp coolers are so common here. Yeah. Some of the nicest houses have swamp yeah. coolers. Well, most of the time in Ridgecrest, they work. But see, in, in Arizona, you have so much monsoon that that swamp cooler is out of commission for so long. Here in Ridgecrest, you're talking about three, four weeks. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine, though. Yeah. I have AC. I love my AC. I couldn't do without it. Welcome to the show-off show, <laughs> starring Christina. I'm just saying, I've lived I'm, in the heat I'm long enough. Here, yeah, mm. yeah. You enjoying my house? Yeah. I mean, the studio. Yes, the studio is great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's balmy. I like to think of it as sort of you know beach-like weather. Right. You got the humidity. Just a little sticky. Little sticky. Got a little tiny bit of a breeze. Luckily, it's not sandy. Yeah. Well, you know. That sand gets in places we can't talk about. Like between the toes. I was thinking that yeah, exact thing, it actually. It yeah. does. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, you did a little bit of traveling this last week. Uh, you went and shared with a uh, one of our uh, Celebrate Recovery groups. Right. And um, I, I wanted to talk to you about it because I haven't had a chance to talk since you've gotten back. Right. Um, but not necessarily specifically about how it went for this one, which is not a problem for you to get specific, but just... In general, that idea of sharing a testimony, we talked in one of my groups uh, at the prison yesterday about the value of community, the value mm -hmm. of not being the only one. What was your experience surrounding this uh, sharing of the testimony? How did you get uh, asked to do it at this church? I mean, did you just walk in and like, I'm sharing? Or, I mean, were you invited? Were you contacted by a stranger, someone you knew? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, left that church to go uh, to another town. Yep. Cool. So, um, how was that going back and sharing? Sometimes for me, it's easier sharing in front of a room of people I don't know. I can just feel like I let it all hang out. If they like me at the end, cool. If they don't like me, I, I've lost nothing. What is that like in front of people that you do know? Uh, is that, were there people there that you were sharing that you knew but didn't know your story? Or did the people that you knew already know your story? No, there were some people there that I knew but didn't know my story. I think there's only two people there that had heard my testimony before at another CR. Um, I, it doesn't matter to me whether they know me or don't know me or know my story or don't know my story. I just love sharing my testimony because I look at it as it's the story of what God has done in my life. And so it glorifies his power and shares his hope and kind of points back to him. So I'm able to take me out of it. And just focus on what God's going to do with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's what I love. I it, Part of me wishes I had more eyes. And I wear glasses, and some people call me four eyes, but I only use two of them at once. And I can only look in one place. But sometimes I like to watch the faces of the people as I share my story. Because if you don't know my story, typically I'll walk into a Celebrate Recovery meeting to share I'm the bow tie guy, so I'm wearing a bow tie. Right. I've got on a shirt that says CR on it. I'm fairly clean cut, you know, reasonable looking human being. I've got glasses, kind of a nerd looking, you know. Kind of. Yeah. So when I drop my story on people, sometimes there's a whole lot of shock in that because right. it can be easy for us to paint a picture based on a person's appearance. Right. Um, and, and say, oh, well, they must be this, or they must have done this. 
but they wouldn't have done this. Mm -hmm. And so the, the stereotypical person in my uh, situation, I'm, I don't fit that stereotypical mold right. uh, that people have, which I'm happy about because I want people to know there is no mold. Right. You know, everybody can have a hurt, a habit, a hang up of any kind. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to have long hair or short hair or medium hair or any hair to be an alcoholic or to take drugs or to be addicted to gambling or food or pornography or sex or any of that. Mm -hmm. it, it can be any of us. And right. you don't have to be a male or a female. You know, it, it, anybody can get addicted to just about anything. And and I like that about hearing testimonies. I like to see the people and and, and be surprised by it so they don't look, you know, like the stereotype. I hate it when people live out a stereotype. It's right. like, you know, you're making, you're, you're devaluing your story by living that stereotype out. You know, stop doing that. Um, so you went and you shared, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, you didn't have any nerves about this. Have you always been that bold with your story? Pretty much. I think my nerves got me the first time I gave my testimony and that was it. Okay. After that in Arizona, where I lived in the Valley, in the Phoenix Metro Valley, there's a lot of CRs. And so there's a group where you can go in and find out who in the Valley needs a testimony and then you can sign up. Oh. And so I did that. That's neat. I said, Hey, I, I know who needs a testimony. Can you plug me in on this day? Can you plug me in on this day? So I did my testimony several times because I know the value I received from listening to other people's testimonies and just how impactful that was for me. I love the, the teachings and I love the step study and I love that, but I love the power of hope that the testimonies mm. give. And so I wanted to share that with others as well and to let them know that this, this tool that God uses absolutely works. Do you remember a specific testimony that opened your eyes to that hope? I don't. They're just all of them. Um, one thing that I was taught by my sponsor and my accountability partners is to always listen for what the relatable part is. Don't listen for what's different. Don't listen and go, oh, well, that guy just has this and I have this. So they're nothing alike. But, you know, listen for the commonalities. Listen for the emotions that were behind it or the actions that were taken or anything in there, you know, past that was similar that you can relate to and connect to because then that makes it personal to you as well. Right. And I, I, that word that you use is a word that I hate that two words that I think needs we keep far, far away from testimonies are only and just mm -hmm. because that's something that I can use to minimize either the other person or myself in our actions. Right. Oh, well I only did this, but they did that. Okay. So I feel better now. You right. know, if I'm listening to the testimonies so I can feel better about myself and minimize what I did compared to what somebody else did, mm -hmm. you know, that's wrong. Right. And, and if I'm doing it the other way around, like, Oh, well, this guy's testimony doesn't really matter. Cause you know, he was only drinking a bottle a day and I was drinking two bottles a day. And, and I right. know sometimes in recovery circles, we can get into that. How bad was I, you know, war story, right. uh, trading and trying to one up. Uh, so that's, that's a tricky thing. As I was thinking about which testimony really sparked me, it wasn't one either because I went, the first time I really heard testimonies in CR was when I went to CR summit for the first time. 
And so it's just like person talks testimony, person talks, oh, here's another, here, and I was, I was blown away right. by that. It's not just me feeling. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's what I want to give to people. That's why I love to share my testimony and get out there. And, you know, I don't think anybody has a testimony that's necessarily, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not proud of what I did. Right. It's, it's not something to brag about. Uh, so it's not, you know, like I just want to get out there and, Hey, listen to my bad story, but I love giving the hope and, and the response that I get back from people when they're like, you can tell that they came into that night thinking I was the only person who ever experienced this. And right. you just touched my life because I could see that. And I love what you pointed out also about the, the commonality, the relatable part. Right. And that's part of what I love so much about celibate recovery is it's not just alcoholic, 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 drug addict, drug addict. It's like, okay, tonight I might hear from a person who struggled with alcohol. I might hear a person struggled with food or whatever. And it's all relatable. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something in there because ultimately when we boil it down, it's all, we start with that building block of a person, of a human. Mm -hmm. And we experience life in so many similar ways, even if we're in different situations or cultures that, um, yeah, it is relatable and there's just the hope. Yeah. See, and I feel there's an upside and a downside to that because like in certain CRs, the cultures are very different. So you tend to have, you know, the CR I came from first didn't have as many, what I call drunks and druggies. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of others, habits, hangups. Um, and then the second CR I went to is very large CR. And so there's, you know, a group of 20 drunks and druggies every, you know, Thursday, Friday night, whichever night it was on. And now there's like 40 mm -hmm. of them, you know, and our CR, there's not a lot. It's a pretty kind of spread out. And so I find you have to have that relatability. So you don't forget where you came from, but you also have to have the diversity to be able to relate in all sorts of avenues. Yeah, and that's, a, as, as a, a, a leader for me, trying to proselytize for the group and get the message out, that's the big sticking point. People have this image in their head of what recovery means. Mm -hmm. And recovery means drugs or alcohol or drugs and alcohol. Um, but it doesn't mean the other things. And so when we try to portray it so that we can show we're open for everybody and pretty much everybody has something they can work on recovery with recovery on or something like mm -hmm. that. I don't know my words, but it can work for everybody. Right. And to make that, that, that wide open net is difficult. And one thing that I find is sometimes I push the non-drug and alcohol so much. And I, from you, you've reminded me, you know, some of us deal with those issues and right. it's okay to, to do that. Right. The other thing I find is, and this is now conjecture on my part and me reading into stuff. I feel like a lot of people, when they see me coming, they know, oh, I'm the recovery guy mm -hmm. and they clean up their life. They just like, they might clean up their, their language for a pastor and they, or for they, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so because they know I'm the recovery guy, they don't want me to know that, um, you know, they have beer in the refrigerator or the garage. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult because I don't want to go up on stage and say, listen, it's okay if you have a beer. 
if you're not a you know addict to that just like you know if you you know do this and you're not addicted to it it's not a problem behavior for you that's that's okay but i feel like a lot of people are like oh you know i don't want to come to your group because then that means i can't have a beer with dinner or a glass of wine at night every once in a while something like that i'm like no 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 that's not it at all that's right we just want you to come in and deal with whatever's going on in your life right and i have a couple of people in particular that always are giving me references oh this person really needs oh this person and every time we invite this person they're like yeah i probably should they never do right and it's just i that's the nut that i haven't been able to crack as a leader and i've been trying so long to try to get that and make it be relatable make it be non-scary or non-judgmental or whatever and it's just it's hard because at some point we deal with people's biases and mm-hmm. theirs against us and us against them and and it's just that's a it's a tricky one but i think without testimonies i don't think there'd be anybody in cr meetings without testimony oh i agree it's 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 to me it's the one thing that you can't take out of cr mm-hmm. you could take the lessons away right you could even take away the step studies you take away the testimonies it's not going to work right you, you just got a cute bible study people are going to like it and then they're going to go on to the next bible study and forget this one the books are now just dust collectors and, and right. paperweights so so good job on you for for doing that it was nice thanks uh, anybody uh give you any uh unexpected comments or or noteworthy comments no the the one that i typically get almost everywhere i share is um i can't believe that you just told me that 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 you were honest with that um and uh, that's the one that I usually expect to hear is someone saying, I wasn't ready to hear that tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never know in mine, because mine's a little bit difficult, uh, how to prep the audience for it. You know, so I just figure we're jumping into the deep end tonight, people. Right. <laughs> just, you know, grab onto someone, get a floaty, right. do something. You know, at some point, your body is buoyant. It's going to float. You know, even dead people float. Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. I don't so know where to go with that just, one. Just hope you get to the surface. Yeah. Here's where we can go with this. We can go to the song of the week. Sounds good. How would that be? Sounds so great. this is a song that I um, had not heard, but uh, lovely Christina has. This is Meredith Andrews, and this song is called Open Up the Heavens. We're going to take a listen to it. We'll be back on the other side of the break to talk about it more. Sounds good. You're the reason we're singing. Descending like a cloud, you're standing with us now. Lord, unveil our eyes. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're saved.
pretty sure I'd never heard that song, and I'm still pretty sure that I had never heard that song up until now. But yeah. I do enjoy it. I was going to say, what do you think? Yeah, it was good. I, 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 I liked it lyrically and musically. There was nice. some stuff musically going on. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. I really liked the little, the strings kind of chugging and, and, and churning because I used to be a violinist and whatnot. So it kind of appealed to me there. But the thing that really stuck out to me lyrically about this song is the, the bigness of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not like, hey, God, come here and sit down with me and, and, and hug me. It's like, open up the heavens, open up the floodgates. It's, it's like big. Right. We want lots. Give me... A bunch. Right. You know, I remember going to uh, uh, like an amusement park where they have the water ride. And I think it maybe it was at, at SeaWorld where the water ride goes and they got a bridge that goes across. So you can stand there and get blasted by the water when the ride comes down. It's like, yeah, that just hitting you in the face. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's exciting. It's, it's refreshing. And it's just like completely... New. I feel like, you know, Flashdance pulling the thing and I'm, I'm miming Flashdance here now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Y'all should be here. Yeah. It's good. My, my kids right now are laughing at Flashdance because Flashdance was one of those songs where I misunderstood the lyrics. And uh, if you want to know what I misunderstood and why it's so funny my family still laughs, you can email me and I will send you what I thought, but we won't waste time on this. We'll tell you the emails in a little while, but it's super funny my kids right now are laughing you're welcome nice all right back to the music yeah Yeah. all right oh yeah my palaver is overtaking right now i just like the i guess the bigness of the song too that's a good way to put it i like that it's like give me you give me your glory give me your power show me show me show me and it's all focused on on the mightiness of of god when you said that it occurred to me that, you know, that show me, show me it, it, it to me, I, I hear that it could speak to not necessarily a doubt, but something missing or maybe a longing for it, like a reassurance, perhaps. I don't know. See, to me, I get, I know what you look like. I know what you're capable of. I want more of you. Yeah. Show me, show me, show me. I, you know, I've experienced your power. I've experienced your glory. Open it up. I want all of you kind of thing. So kid in the candy store, just shoving it in. Absolutely. <laughs> I will take all of God. Yeah. Yes. I like that. I will take all of God. That's pretty good. I should, uh, I should work with that at some point. We'll, we'll come up with something fun. So anyhow, well, cool. Thanks for that song. Uh, appreciate it. Um, earlier, we were talking about the, um, the idea of sharing and testimony mm-hmm. and uh, learning from other people. And I think part of what this podcast is, is trying to do is that same thing, is, is take a mess, turn it into a message. I mean, a, a, a testimony, I think, is really you're taking a mess and you're turning it into a message. Right. Uh, sometimes... People linger on the mess and we don't get nearly as much, me- as much message. But as you were writing your testimony, did that occur to you uh, how to, you know, make sure that there's a message coming out of it? Or was it just a recounting of life? Or how did you approach that? Do you remember? Well, the Celebrate Recovery I went to, they give you kind of a format so that you can keep it balanced. They want to ensure that you're focusing on your recovery. It's kind of like the AA, you know, where you were, what happened, where you're at now kind of 
flow to it. Uh-huh. So it's, it's that. And then, you know, they added in a couple of things like, you know, touch on what your favorite step is, put scripture in there. Mm-hmm. So they gave kind of a, a rough outline of what they wanted it to look like. And so it was easy for me to go through that. And when you do yours, when, when did you first write your testimony? How long ago? About six years ago. And have you, do you edit it and update it and change it or tweak it? I do. Each time or yep. once a year or? Each time I give it. Depending on where, I tweak the ending. Okay. I, if there, and um, one thing that God laid on my heart is, you know, I talk about my dad and how hurt of a person he was and where he was at and kind of how that impacted my life. But I hadn't touched on what the resolution to that was today in my life. And so that's something I added to this testimony is the fact that me and my dad have reconciled that we can now speak without conflict every time. It's not a perfect relationship and I don't allude that it is. Mm -hmm. I'm very honest, but there has been a reconciliation there. And so that's something I needed to close that loop in my testimony. And so as God kind of lays those things on my heart, there was something that was not in the first couple years of my testimony because there was still shame attached to that piece. And so once I came clean with my sponsor about that and she kind of looked at me and went, Oh, okay. And there was, she was non-responsive, you know, I was like, okay, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but it was something not that you knocked her dead, that, but she just wasn't, no, she just know, was like, okay, out. so what's the big yeah. deal, uh-huh. you know? And so I added that, you know, it's just one little line in my testimony that you have to be listening to it to get it. But to me, it was such a big deal. And, um, so now that's in, in my testimony. So anytime God kind of lays something on my heart that needs to be updated or, or revised or. Now you said at the beginning that, you know, you, you have recently closed that loop with your dad in your testimony. Mm-hmm. Was that an open loop because in life it was still an open loop or you just weren't ready to share that in your testimony yet? I, well, me and my dad didn't start talking until about six months ago. Okay. So it was still an open loop Roughly. when you wrote that thing. Well, when I, when I first wrote my testimony, no, I was very much in my dad's life. And then we went through a period of about two years where we didn't talk. And that was my decision based on um, just the relationship and how it had been all of our lives. For healthy reasons to keep yourself healthy or? For me, yes. Yeah, okay. It was a healthy boundary that I had to... Uh, no longer put myself in that situation because it wasn't healthy for me. And so I had to pull back and evaluate and, um, God did some work in my heart and some work in my dad's heart. And, um, so we got to a point of semi reconciliation. I think now I just accept my father for who he is good, bad, right, wrong, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. He just is who he is. And I understand what he's capable of giving and what he's not capable of giving and I just accept that there's, there's acceptance there. And was it, when you say semi-reconciliation, uh-huh. was there, was this a formal amends type of thing? Or was it just like, I mean, was it acknowledged like, look, we're getting here to mend this? Or was it like, okay, we've talked about it. I don't think I should go any farther and push. I'm just going to take it and walk away. But without acknowledgement between the two parties? Oh, no. When we first talked, the first time we talked, I ended up hanging up on him. There was, there was conflict. There was, you know, kind of screw you if that's how you feel, Christina. And so I hung up and was like, okay, it's not time. And then throughout that same day, God worked on my heart and was like, you know, Christina, I think there's a miscommunication that you need to 
confront. And so I called my dad back and, you know, with a, a very gentle, but firm tone was like, Hey, look, why are we doing this? Let's figure this out. And he believed there was resentment on my end, which there wasn't for a long time. Um, and he had certain feelings. I had certain feelings. So we were able to both kind of get them out there and get things straightened out and move forward from there. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I think that it's so much more healthy to do that formal and acknowledge it and stuff. But I, I think about, you know, the biggest unclosed loop in my life would be between me and my mother. And I don't see that ever happening that way because, um, there's such a long history of projection that Mm -hmm. when I do something, she projects what it is, figures out what it is, why it is, and then goes with that as truth and won't let any other information come in to diffuse that or, Mm -hmm. or debunk that myth or whatever. And so it always just feels like beating my head against a wall more than anything else. And so several times I've had to put up that healthy boundary and just say, in order for me to stay sane, I can't pursue this right. at this point. And it's very um, sad to me. I mean, she's 85. And if she lives 10 more years, I mean, that's a long time. It's There's, there's not that many years left. And I mm-hmm. don't want it to be ending that way. I had a good ending with my father, with my mom. If she were to go right now today, it would just be like so much lost time that we never were able to get through it because I can't, I have not found the formula to get her to hear me as an adult. I'm still a little boy. And what do you know? And why would you say this? And it just, she goes instantly from zero to belligerent. See, and I think that's with my dad, there's had to have been acceptance for who he is and the fact that my expectations of what I would like to see in our relationship are never, aren't, I mean, unless God does something, but as my expectation right now, it's no longer an expectation. He is not capable of meeting that expectation. So it's unfair to me and unfair to our relationship to even expect anything different Mm -hmm. from him. Um, so I've just kind of pulled back a lot of things, you know, I don't, expect my dad to, to really dig into my life. Hey, what's going on here? Hey, how's this? You know, it's very much surface pleasantries. How are the boys? Oh, they're good. How's this? Oh, that's good. And then I listen to my dad talk about politics or whatever for 30 minutes. And that's okay because before it wouldn't have been okay. Mm -hmm. Before I would have been like, I really need my dad to internally know who I am. Now, I don't care. The biggest thing is that I talk to my dad, I know he's okay, and that he knows that I love him. Outside of that, there's absolutely no expectation of what our relationship should look like. Right. And and I think I'm there with my mom that I I know that it's not ever going to be like my wife and her mother or Mm -hmm. me and my wife's mother. It's going to be, here's the lady who gave me birth and raised me Mm -hmm. and cared for me. And I love her as that role of mom, but there's just not a lot of common ground right. between us that we share. I mean, if it weren't for the DNA, mm-hmm. there, there would be no need for a relationship because we're just that different. Right. And so I think that's where I probably am with that. And um, I wish it weren't, but it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't see myself change it. So I don't spend a lot of time and energy trying to, to do it. I just try to apply that 
um, serenity prayer wisdom to it and, and move on. And I think that's acceptance keeps coming up, you know, in my head, just accepting. There's got to be a level of acceptance in this world of it's just, just going to be that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, without that acceptance, we can drive ourselves crazy and expectations that'll never be met desires that are never be fulfilled. Like you just have to, for your own peace of heart, just say it is what it is. Yeah. And and that's the thing I was thinking. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. People, I know a lot of people get really annoyed and frustrated with the recovery cliches, but I'm here to tell you people, things become cliches because there's some truth in it. And if you just look at it, it is what it is. It's that thing, what it is there, that's what it is. And, and don't treat it as something different. Right. You'll have much better time with it. Absolutely. You know, dealing with it. Yep. So, all right. Well, uh, surprisingly enough, we've run a little bit long again. So uh, I'm going to put a button on this and we'll, we'll pick it up in another week to, uh, to have some more uh, fun. But I want to give the people a little bit of an idea of how to get a hold of us. I told them they could write me an email and find out how I misinterpreted the words to flash dance. That would be bowtie guy at messituppodcast.com. Now, if they want to hear about words that you might have messed up or just talk to me or you about how crazy I am, Christina, how would they get a hold of you? Bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. All right. And uh, over there on the islands, uh, intern Dave is info at messituppodcast.com. We're on all of the, uh, the typical social media platforms with Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you look for Mess It Up Podcast, uh, we're pretty easy to find. We're also on Reddit. We can join the conversation there. And we'd also love to have you support the podcast in a number of different ways as you see fit. One thing you could do that's real quick and easy is go to the uh, podcast server that you're listening right now, whether it's iTunes or, or TuneIn or Spotify or whatever. Give us a rating. Uh, rate the show so that'll help people find the show. And give us... Um, a review uh, that really helps as well it's just uh, unbelievable how much it helps just getting one or two more people to review that week uh, to do it so please take the time to write a review for the show and uh, give us a rating also if you would like to support us financially we love that it makes it so that we're able to do this in our busy hectic lives and not uh, have to carve away time from working so that we can focus on the show uh, go to patreon.com slash mess it up podcast or an easy thing to do is just go to mess it up podcast.com click the become a patron button and for as little as a dollar a week you can or a dollar a month you can support the podcast uh, so it's not anything huge or big we just love to get the, a little bit of support and it does help pay the bills so we appreciate our patrons a lot thank you so much i don't know if i've got anything else in wrapping it up I don't have anything. Well, I guess this has been another week, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. That's right. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.